0: I.V.M. You're listening to The Signal Daily. Battles are not just about physical attacks anymore. You'll surely agree with me when I say that geopolitical warfare has now acquired a new technological dimension. The ongoing conflict in the Red Sea, which is one of the world's most crucial maritime trade routes, is also spilling over into different domains. As it is, Iran-backed Houthi attacks on commercial shipping are impacting trade at a time when global economies are already battling high inflation. And now, the Red Sea crisis could be coming for your internet too. In fact, it already has for Indian internet services. Let me explain. You see, a huge chunk of the global internet is powered through undersea cables. And by huge chunk, I mean 99% of the internet. According to Telegeography, which is a telecommunications market research company, as of 2024, there were 574 active and planned submarine cables. These cables use the fiber optic technology that even your local internet provider uses, except it's more high-tech, of course, and the cables are buried all the way down which is why you never get to see them when you go for a swim at the sea. But now imagine for a second how damaging even a few of these undersea cables could impact internet access at a global scale. Because that's exactly what's been happening. In the recent days, there have been several reports of internet cables being damaged in the Red Sea, causing internet disruption. Three submarine internet cables, Asia-Africa-Europe 1, Europe-India Gateway and Tata Global Network that run through the Red Sea were reported to be damaged on 24th February. It's unclear as to who or what led to this, but Houthi rebels are being suspected to have a hand in this, especially because previously they had threatened to sabotage the comms infrastructure. But anyway, since most of the internet traffic between Europe and East Asia goes through the underwater communication cables in the Red Sea region, damaged underwater internet cables meant that web services in India, Pakistan and parts of East Asia got impacted forcing telecom operators like Airtel, Geo, and Tata Communications to reroute their traffic to other cable systems. Now, this is not something that internet users like you and I noticed, probably because the damage wasn't significant enough to cause internet outage. Yet, it is exposing a huge vulnerability, especially in the Indian context. To begin with, consider this. India along with China now account for nearly 50% of the global mobile traffic. And currently, the country has 17 submarine cables landing across Mumbai, Chennai, Tutiguri, Cochin and Trivandrum. These underwater cables are what essentially connects India's software services industry to other countries. Yet, the big problem here is that despite being such a huge telecom market, India really hasn't thought much about prioritising on expanding the submarine cable network. Essentially, what that means is that because we're running on limited capacity, any further disruption to the comm services could really hit India hard. And this wouldn't bode well at a time when Indian IT companies like Infosys and Wipro are ramping up their business in Europe. For the next few minutes, you are going to know a little more than you did yesterday from the world of technology, business, policy and anything that leaves you with food for thought. Hi, I'm Shorburi and this is the Deep Dive for 4th March 2024. If you've been on X lately, you'll have noticed a trending hashtag, save our startups. But why do Indian startups need saving? So here's the story. On Friday, Google removed several apps from 10 Indian developers because the developers behind them didn't follow its billing policies. Now, Google mandates developers to pay a commission ranging from 11% to 26% for in-app transactions covering digital sales and subscriptions. The big tech company even defended itself by arguing that over 200,000 Indian developers on Google Play follow its guidelines. However, as stated in a blog post, and I'm reading it out verbatim, quote, For an extended period of time, 10 companies, including many well-established ones, have chosen to not pay for the immense value that they receive on Google Play by securing interim protections from court. These developers comply with payment policies of other app stores, end quote. Basically, Google implied that giving special treatment to a handful of developers who aren't playing by the rules puts other apps at a disadvantage. Now, of course, Indian developers weren't too pleased with that and even the government took notice. For that matter, Electronics and IT Minister Ashwini Vaishnaw contacted Google urging it to reconsider its actions. And he said in a statement, and I quote, this kind of delisting cannot be permitted. Now, among the apps that got axed were Matrimony.com's Bharat Matrimony, Telugu Matrimony, Tamil Matrimony, Marathi Matrimony, and Jodi. And Shadi.com by People Group. Dating apps like Truly, Madly, and Quack Quack also got the boot. Plus, InfoEdges, nokri.com OTT Platform Stage, all by Balaji Telefilms, and audio streaming and podcast app Kuku FM also got pulled off from the Play Store. And the thing is, Android phones make up around 95% of the smartphone market in India. So being booted off Play Store is a huge impact. Now, after the Indian government's turn words, though, Google did reinstate a few apps like Nokri, Naukri Gulf and 99 Acres to its Play Store. Sanjeev Bhikchandani, the founder of InfoEdge, confirmed this on X. And we also tried to reach out to him for this podcast, but he declined from commenting on the situation. However, he did make his stance quite clear on his tweets. And I'm just reading out one of his tweets. Tagging the IT minister, Ashwini Vaishnaw, he said, quote, What India needs is an App Store or a Play Store, That's a part of digital public infrastructure like UPI and ONDC. The response needs to be strategic, end quote. But now that some of the apps have been restored, are we back to business as usual? Well, not quite, because even though some apps have made a comeback on the Play Store, as the CEO of Shadi.com Anupam Mittal put it, they are operating in a quote-unquote consumption mode. That means that developers are sending users to external websites for payments Bypassing Google's commission altogether, so there's no app billing. As Mr. Mittal posted on X, this setup is basically like not being on the Play Store at all. To get more insight into the current situation, we spoke to Vinay Singhal, co-founder and CEO of the content streaming app Stage, which at the time of the recording of this podcast remained delisted from Google Play Store.
1: Android has 96% market share on mobile phones in India in terms of OS. That by definition makes it a monopoly. And then on Android, Google Play Store is basically the default Play Store. And if you download an app from anywhere else, it will show one warning saying it's harmful, suspicious, all of that stuff. If you try to download an APK directly, that is a very different issue altogether. how difficult it is to install an app from an APK. Settings change and then there is a scan, then there's a warning. If you basically go through all of that, then probably you will still be able to install the app and all that. So in a way, basically, Google literally controls the entire ecosystem on Android and you cannot pass through without being on their Play Store. It's impossible to distribute an app on scale without being available on the Google Play Store. Now, CCI took a cognizance of this a year ago and passed an direct order where they find Google also and directly told them to not conduct any monopolistic activities, which will lead to, you know, an issue with the developers, which will make it difficult for developers to serve their consumers. It started when Google brought a policy in September 2020. The policy is called GBPS, Google Billing Payment Systems, where Google says that if you are a digital consumer goods company, like an OTT, like a DT company, like Shadi.com, Bharat Matrimony, Info, whatever, all those kind of, knockery.com basically, if you sell only a digital service, you are supposed to implement their GBPS, Google Billing Payment Systems, and... What that means is that now the payments will happen only through them and we cannot use any other um, payment gateway. There was a lot of hue and cry and then the CCI got in and CCI passed a direct order that Google cannot restrict developers from using a third-party billing system. Now, Google, of course, seems like they don't respect CCI and they are in direct defiance of the order and contempt of the CCI order and they have started to with the apps, uh, obviously. Now, they brought another policy called UCB then, which is user choice billing, where in their understanding, they're allowing us to use other payment billing systems. But the catch in the story is that uh, even for you to use UCB, you actually have to implement it through Google's APIs, Google's system only, other payment gateways, but through Google basically is what it is allowing. In that also, 50% of the space has to be given to Google's payment system The rest 50% space in the UI can be given to every other payment gateway and you can use through that. And most importantly, their tech uh, and their implementation of this entire thing is so bad that all of us who tried UCB, our conversions fall by at least 50 to 90%, between 50 and 90%. Now imagine if I were bringing 100 users on my app and 20 of them were paying. If I use Google's payment system, only two of them will be paying. How will I survive as a business if that is going to uh, happen? My cash will basically become 10 times. And who is to benefit from that? Google is to benefit from that because that is where I spend my money to promote my app anyways. Now, even that was okay. But what Google is then saying is that I will charge you 30% and your conversions will be bad. Your UPI success rates will be very bad. But I have no responsibility towards it. I cannot sign an SLA with you. I will not provide any service to you. I will not be responsible for whatever happens to your success rates. You cannot call me and tell me that my success rates are bad. So please improve. See, if I work with a Razor Pay, I work with the phone pay, I work with any of the payment gateways and my success rates are not going well, I can call them, I can tell them, I pay them. So they're supposed to provide my service. There is an SLA between us. Google is not ready to sign that as well. So you pay me 30%, but I will not provide you any service and your conversions will be very bad, but you still have to use me because I am a monopoly and I'll do whatever I want, basically with it right they will also have a right to audit our books imagine that they will have right to audit our books once a year at any given point in time in our office they can bring a team they can make people sit there and audit our books to basically for us to prove that we did not give any false information to them and they were able to charge full commission to us basically on whatever they were supposed to charge and through this we will have to pass all our data all our business data to them
0: he also asked him about how google's decision to delist apps has affected his business.
1: It affects our business extremely, extremely severely. Uh, our users will not be able to find the app on the Play Store. We will not be able to acquire customers like that. Last four days, our business is on complete hold. We are not able to acquire any new customer at all from that point of view. Literally 100% of our business is on halt. We have not acquired a single customer in last four days. Uh, the only way we now we can acquire is through web. For an app product, if you want people to first go to a web pay there and then come back to app, I'm sure you guys can understand how broken their experience is and how conversions will be impacted and how CACs will basically shoot up because of this broken flow that will come. So the users who will be impacted will be in millions. The, the revenue impact will also be in millions.
0: But this problem isn't something new though. As single said, several companies of India have previously raised concerns about Google's Play Store billing policy in the recent years. They've complained about Play Store's monopolistic attitude. They've argued that Google's fee of 11 to 26% on in-app payments in India is excessive compared to the services it offers. However, despite the challenges that Indian app developers claim to be facing, Google was authorized to either charge the fee or take down apps after court rulings in January and February, including one from the Supreme Court. So what's the next move for Indian app developers and what kind of protection do they need at the moment? We'll go back to Mr. Single here.
1: Next move is that we really want uh, CCI to basically enforce the order they have already passed. They've already literally said that Google is a monopoly and they cannot do this. We just need CCI to enforce their order. By the way, there is a literally a hearing going on in CCI right now as we speak. There's a hearing going on where, again, ADIF uh, and all other startups are in the, in the court, basically. And there's a hearing going on in the Supreme Court as well, by the way, on the matter.
0: This issue doesn't end here, obviously. Mr. Singhal told The Signal Daily that multiple startup owners are meeting the government to seek a resolution on this matter. If you like listening to The Signal Daily, please show some support. Rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We'd love to hear what you have to say about this podcast. So feel free to shoot an email at hello at the this episode was researched, written, and produced by me, Shorbury, and Manaswini. Edited by Venkat Anand. Mastered and mixed by Joshua Thomas. You can catch this podcast every morning on Spotify, Apple, Amazon Prime Music, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We are the signal.co on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter.